The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E media.ie. Audiovisual from an Irish perspective. This is the All Things Techie Podcast. Welcome along, it's Justin Dawson. It is the All Things Techie Podcast, episode 26. We are n- rolling closer and closer to episode 30. I can't believe we've been doing this so long. We are now going to try and start doing it on a weekly basis for shows to be aired and sent out as live, as, as feeds rather, as episodes um, every Sunday in time for the hashtag of AB in the AM, because we are in Europe and ahead of America, which are the main AB in the AM, AB tweeps, but we can do it, we hope. Uh, And and that's that's the voice of someone that you haven't heard or seen on the podcast for quite a while. It's the one and only Simon Lang. Simon, how are you? Hey, Justin, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's been an interesting few, uh, few months especially since we've been locked down here in Ireland. So things, lots of things have changed. Lots of things have changed, right? And, you know, I've I've been kept tight-lipped while Simon has been away in the background. And people have been asking where he, Simon has disappeared to. And I just kept on saying he was busy. Well, he was busy, listeners. Uh, I wasn't lying, but uh, it was your news to announce. So are you announcing it on this program? Well, you've announced it on LinkedIn, so I'm guessing you are. Yeah, like so I have now joined the Creative Technology Group of um, that are across the world, but especially Creative Technology Ireland, um, as part of their installation team. Um, to help them install some amazing projects. So I'm really looking forward to it. I've already been there three weeks and wow, um, I've seen more projects in three weeks than I've seen in the last 13, 15 years in my AV career. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So let, let's make this clear to our listeners. You know, you were working for with one of the top four financial firms. I will name them PwC. And it's no hard feelings against the, the firm or anything like that. Uh, you just thought it was time to move on. Um, and you are now entering an, an area where, like, <laughs> you've pretty much said goodbye to live events, haven't you, Simon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's very, there might be a little bit of tech involved to help them find products and stuff solutions mm. for their events as they develop and um, what they offer now especially now when they're changing so much and that's even that's one of our topics later on we'll go down in a sec well but yeah it. but uh, yeah no it's mainly all on installation now i'm, I'm completely I, over I on the installation to, side to tell our listeners for those who don't know and if you don't know well shame on you simon and our I like apart from being brothers from it's another mothers and all that, that type of romance that goes on in the background listeners we used to work in the same firm you know uh, sort of like Batman and Robin uh, we won't say who was who but um, you know so we both separated our separate ways and Simon has been there manning the ship in PwC for over 15 years and you know, you say that you have started doing so many different projects for CT Ireland, but this is doing projects while in COVID-19 lockdown. You know, I'd say it was a weird feeling leaving a firm that after 15 years and doing it virtually. Yeah, like you had your kind of gone away party, um, 
by Google Call because hey, that's what they use. Um, and it was like, yeah, kind of seeing everyone and everyone emailing it was all email thanks versus the going around and giving everyone hugs and shakes. And it's even weird, like you on a Friday, you shut down the computer and um, that's it. You wipe your work phone. That's it. And a courier turns up the next day, uh, next, after, uh, next Monday or Tuesday, clicks it and it's gone. That's it. Yeah, well, you know the way you get like presents and stuff like that when you physically leave a firm and, um, you know, thank you cards and everything. Did you just send people your Revolut account details and just go, yeah, just, uh, Simon has requested tenure from each one of my <laughs> employees? I never thought of that, actually. That's quite a good use of Revolut. Simon, we, should, we, should get a pl- we should get a plug in there for Revolut. Right, we're going to put a PayPal donation button on the bo- bottom of this video for any of your former employees that you've helped over the past 15 years <laughs> that wanted like donate to the Simon's Kitty Fund, you know. But like, I have to remind all our listeners that Simon is usually the non-drinker, uh, and I, I'm, I'm actually quite serious about this. I know I'm going to plug him right now. Joe Way once upon a time on the Higher Education podcast says he doesn't drink, and and then the photos just came out on on social media to say that. Uh, well, why, what's this in your hand? You know, but Simon, I, I think the only time I've seen you drinking was at ISE, a couple of cocktails. Simon didn't drink at my wedding as best man. He doesn't drink much anyways. So uh, this this whole idea of like virtually leaving, there was no party really. Like I, I tried to say, right, Simon, hold up your can of Coke even when I, I <laughs> cheers him when, when it finally was his last day in PwC and moving on to CT Ireland. But Virtually again because we haven't. Simon and I haven't even met up in since early February even. <laughs> yeah, I think it was about that since we've Have actually, we actually been met up this year, Simon. I don't know. That's just it. It's been one of those kind of like yeah. we we talk so much. It might as well be in person. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that, that's it. You know, like you know, <laughs> it, it, at times it's just literally the Simon helpline. You know, Simon speaking is <laughs> like, and I don't mean tech. It's just like literally we counsel the one another listeners. You know, and we've always have, and we always continue to be. And um, so yes, we are going to be start, starting to do this program on a weekly basis. Now there's going to be times where Simon can't join us, but if you if Simon can't join us and you want to be a special guest on our program. And we don't just talk AV, we talk tech from an Irish perspective. You can visit our website, www.allthingstech.ie. That is the website. And uh, you can find out how to subscribe to the program on your favorite podcast app, or you can view the videos on YouTube, on our YouTube channel as well. Yeah, I'm, I actually listen to us. I am back on um, Google, Google's podcast app. Wow! Yeah, there we go. We have that. We have a great show uh, lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about wearables because uh, it was my birthday um, two weeks ago. No, no, sorry, no. I'm losing track of what day it is and what date it is. It was my birthday during the week on Tuesday last. <laughs> <this Christmas. You laughs> know, uh, That's I, called the COVID memory effect, I think, because it's the COVID memory effect. Yeah, like you know. And not only that, like I did the COVID haircut. I'm, I'm just going to lean down to the webcam and 
put my head in the right direction away from the microphone. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I decided to do a Simon Lang on the haircut, but I keep the somewhat of a beard going you can see, on. See, I polished mine well. You can see by the light. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like some some of some of uh, our fans in in the UK were telling me to like, no, I, sh I should actually get the out the actual shaver blade and like to go totally bald. It's like, no, I don't think I'll go that far. Um, but no. <laughs> Says I like sleeping in my own bed, not the spare bed. Well, you know what? Like Jen actually just laughed at me. My wife just laughed at me when I like went into the bathroom and came out and went, uh, "What did you do with my husband?" Because like I took so much off the hair. But I, I'm now realizing that hair grows back at different rates across your head. So like I have long bits of hair along my like sideburns it's like you know it's, it reminds me of that simpsons episode of like shave those sideburns it's like i can't it's like, i can't get it the, the right length so my local neighbor barber when he opens it's gonna have to try and fix my hair some way or another it's like this was done once never to be done again listeners and um, you know <laughs> unless unless you want to be like simon and just like do the egghead look you know yeah yeah yeah, as we were laughing today, because actually there's something for it will come up is um the Facebook avatar. We were the way um, Facebook now is allowing people to create their own avatars. So we were today building my own avatar, and it's like they actually do have someone that's a semi bald, yeah, like me avatar. So it's like it's there. So you know what? Actually, we're gonna let let's start off with that topic then. You know, I I have seen that Facebook avatar. Uh, Simon and I thought like it was something like you can just they take your photo it would be better if they could just take your photo and manipulate it and go does this look like you as sort of an AI? No, they, they go through every step like you pick your hair you pick your hair length you pick your color you pick it you want lots of shades of color that's after you go through the 20 list the 20 different colors of skin don't yeah. mind. That's not even. Do you know what, Simon? Didn't they didn't they introduce that this at the absolute correct time when people have loads of time on their hands to just go? I'm going to create an avatar. I'm going to spend three hours creating my avatar and look at me on Facebook. <laughs> now, I, now I had it where my four year old wanted to create hers after she, I made mine, and the problem is you can't do it on the Facebook app because you have to do it for your own profile, ah. or I end up looking like a four year old, um, <laughs> in my avatar. So that's that's the next thing. So I think there's actually even a bit of a something there for them for other people who don't want to just have it for Facebook. Well, why why we're talking about Facebook and how we went into that is we I said birthdays and wearables, and I got myself a new wearable. You know, it, it was one of these moments where the wife asks you, "What do you want for your birthday?" And you think, "What budget have I got?" And then she decides to spoil you because i have a brilliant wife and so i just decided right you know what i don't know what i wanted and i just started looking at tech on the local uh shops online shops that are still delivering and i just went oh i might get a wearable so i have a smartwatch. i went with the fossil i know it's gone up to generation five but it was cheap to buy the generation four uh fossil watch i'm going to hold it up I went with the silver band, which I had to get some links taken out of. And it's an Android. So like Simon, you have an Android one as well. I have a Garmin. Oh, you have a Garmin? I have a Garmin, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I was actually thinking of going with the Garmin's and then went with the Fossil watch simply because I had a Fossil years back when I was in my 20s. Now I'm really showing my age. Um, I had a, a Fossil watch before when I, when I bought them in America uh, when I was uh, in California for a summer. But I really like this watch. The only thing is that I find it a bit sluggish at times going through the apps. I never thought that I would actually go down the route of going, I want uh, a smartwatch because of the dial and because of the face and because of what you're trying to read on the apps. Um, but the main thing is, both with you, Simon, and the Garmin, and with the Fossil, we're working off Android, and with that, you integrate Google Wear into it. And mm -hmm. Yeah, do you know what? Like, I've had this watch running on my wrist now, uh, properly for the past forty-eight hours or so. I had to reboot it twice simply because it wasn't linking up fully with the Google Fit. It, it took mm. me ages to get the Google Fit working. I don't know. Uh, did you experience that? When you I, I find yeah, sometimes the sync, the syncing goes where, um, because I, I have to use Garmin, the Garmin app. Because the Garmin doesn't sync very well, doesn't sync with Google Fit directly, so right. I have to I have to go through multiple steps to get into my Google Fit. So, um, but the Garmin app does that sometimes, where you just one of them just it will not sync, so I end up either rebooting the phone, rebooting my watch, or by turning the Bluetooth off and turning it back on. Or I have actually in some cases had to go as far as rebooting the phone as well as the watch. But now, then, but then it has some cool. Like I, the cool thing I like about mine is if the vibrates, with you have notifications and stuff like that. And mm. um, mine won't have apps like yours because mine's not an an a Wear OS environment. Okay. So That's, mine, so yeah. mine's a Garmin. So well, I just get notifications on mine, um, and then it does all the health stuff because it's designed for sport people more, I guess, than than um, just tech lovers. And stuff like that. Now I'm I'm still getting to grips with it, as in, okay, when it, since it had Wear OS on it, it literally took all the apps from my Samsung S7. I know I have an old mobile phone, listeners. I will be updating that in in time once I save a, a couple of euro towards a new phone. But it literally linked that off the Wear OS, and it it matched it up. But when I went to the storage afterwards, I just realized just how much after copying over different apps that can be used on the Wear OS, I'm down to something like less than 500 megabytes left on the actual watch. And I was like, that adds et up a lot of space. Now, I, maybe I can go through and go, okay, this is not really something I need mm -hmm. on my watch. I can take them off or whatever. Um, Banking, I ha I don't use it for Google Pay, but I have just to note a notification of how much money I have in my account through the AIB app here. Uh, Allied Irish Bank have it as a wearable. Um, notifications, yes, I totally agree. It's very handy for any type of notifications. Do you look at your WhatsApp and your... No, uh, no. no. Uh, I, I just get no. I get notified there is a WhatsApp, but the one I actually find is I actually don't. I my phone is nearly in vibrate mode nearly ninety nine percent of the time. I don't have it with volume, and actually when you get a phone call coming through, 
I often don't feel it in my the phone ringing, but I can feel it on my arm first. So yes, that, yes. from that point of view, it kind of is cool from that idea. Do you use any of the, you say you don't really use it for fitness, but do you use it for anything like heart rate or, you know? Well, yeah. Like I still track my steps and stuff. And, yes, and yeah. I, yeah, which is at the moment for the last month being way low. Like some days I haven't even crossed a thousand steps. Wow, okay. <laughs> you need a toddler. <laughs> no, I just need to go outside and walk more. I We were taking lockdown completely. Like the days I go over a thousand are the days I go shopping. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we might go, we go for a walk on a Saturday or something like that. Whereas when you have a two and a half year old toddler, I know Re- Rebecca's older now, but when you have a two and a half year old toddler who, who needs to either get out of the house or he tears apart the house, you want to go running with him yeah. out on the... So, like, I actually did go over my 5,000 steps today, which was pretty impressive. I didn't think I would go over 5,000 steps. I went over 5,000 steps. Yeah, because in my previous... When I was working in PwC, the aim was 10,000 today. Yeah. And I, I hit it every day because oh, I was you... walking to the train. I was walking around the office. I was walking. And, like, some of the guys in there were even hitting 20 every day, no problem, like... Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that so it does show it does push you to do it and i know um i will have to come up with a new routine when when or if we ever get back to the office in yeah. ct so of how to kind of get because i'll be driving more than walking so i need and public transport so i need to get my steps up some other way because nah, so that's the fitness bit i use it i use it as a marker to kind of go have i been moving enough today but do you use the google uh, fit, fitness app to link in with your phone? Yeah, kind of. So what happens is I have to, because Garmin can't sync straight to Google Fit, I have to use Strava, the okay. running app, and then the running app links any runs or kind of walks that you indicate as walks. Okay, yeah, yeah. And But the thing is, I also use a sleeping app. So actually mine's quite good for tracking your sleep. So it tells you if you got into a deep sleep or if you got into, you're still a light sleep, if you're moving a lot. So I kind of, I'm more curious about how I'm sleeping than I actually am, how much I'm That's walking. one of the questions I was going to ask you. Do you wear your watch while sleeping then? Oh yeah, I, my watch only comes off when I need to shower. Okay. Yeah. But I could actually wear it in the shower if I really wanted it, but I don't, in that kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit nervous of wearing, even though it, I, I, and I, this is just something that I've always been nervous about is people saying, oh, yeah, your watch is waterproof. Well, it's a really waterproof. I don't know. I'm just after spending, well, it was a present, but like it was reduced from 250 odd euro um, to, I think, 170, I think I, we got the watch for. How, how much was the Garmin watch when you bought it? Don't remember, but it was it was it was expensive and like it was open. It was around the hundred ish mark, um and yeah, because I but I wanted one kind of because I'm because um we're as a family we're big into park run, yes, and of course, and and that's where we wanted to kind of get get it just to kind of do that. And I'm also just for tracking my steps. And I at the time I couldn't go for the two hundred plus watch, which would have been like one of the Samsung gears or one of those kind of, which mm. I would have called top of the range. But even using a Samsung phone, the Samsung gears don't interest me really because I might change this phone to a non-Samsung. I know probably a Samsung gear will work on, on Wear OS and you could use it on any phone, but they, they a Samsung 
gear will be aimed with their own products predominantly i would imagine that's why i went with a fossil and um, but with park runs simon i haven't now this is my lack of knowledge can you go off and wear your watch without your mobile phone being in your pocket have a run and will it then report back properly yes so so my so yes so basically on the watch i indicate like you you basically sit say this is you're starting to run yeah so it starts tracking you from there onwards then it kicks in the gps on the watch okay so the gps then starts kind of so i think yes it's probably better with your phone because you can probably it can sync up there and then more yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're only running 5K or fast walk or whatever that you're doing, it's well able to handle it. And then you just sync it syncs up automatically when you get when your phone comes back into range and stuff like that. But like there's versions of mine where you can have your you can have Spotify on it. So it's more like yours where you could actually plug your headphones straight into your watch or Bluetooth. Yeah, your wireless headphones off now, the watch. I'm, I'm really cu- curious to find out that if I have my phone in my pocket and then I have my watch and they're Bluetooth together, can I Bluetooth the 13 as Bluetooth I, headphones? I actually used to wonder, and I still do, but no, I, I use Bluetooth headphones on the way home on the train and I have my watch. So it's nearly like it's it's Bluetoothing in the background. Okay. Okay, no, but, that, that, but, but in the sense of if my watch starts syncing, it doesn't mean my music stops. Mm. The boat just keep running in parallel, and it it just seems to be it's nearly like a a silent Bluetooth. That's not the pr- proper term, but it I but I, it's one of those ones I am curious about. How does it do that? Yeah, is it doing a daisy chain some way, shape, or form? And mm. um, it, it, but we'll we'll probably find that out in a different type of episode when we we look and delve deeper into how Bluetooths talk to each other. But I, I might do a separate unboxing video that I'll put up on 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 the website as well. But things that I was happy enough with, like I have the box. Yeah, the manual was very straightforward simple as in this is your watch this is how you download the wear os and then they left you to it there's three buttons what the middle one is for the main apps and scrolling through it then you can do your favorite buttons on the top and bottom but it doesn't really explain in any of the manuals that came with the box how to do it and then you have to go off and search the internet and search their websites and yeah YouTube videos is where you find out most of this information, which I always think is poor. I think the information should be given more in the box. The other thing that I would, uh, yes, okay, it's not, it's Wear Wear OS by Google. So it's integrated with Google, but it's not a Google product. Fine, right? But if you're buying a watch that has these metal types of connections um, and the bracelet is too big, you think they would give you the tool to adjust the actual bracelet instead of having to go to a jeweler's, which I have to do today, you know? And of course, through COVID-19, trying to find a jeweler's that's actually open that can actually <laughs> fix it was, was, was quite frustrating, you know, especially for for uh, on day two and you're, you're scared that you're going to lose a 200 euro watch, you know? And I'm, again, YouTubing how to, to fix the actual the chains in in a watch and it's like you know what 
I don't want to damage this. I'm going to wait and I'm going to find out. Um, so yeah, that's the new tech toy. That would be my pros and cons of it. I will probably do an unboxing and some extra tips of it. Uh, what one model uh, watches yours is Garmin Forerunner Three, I think it is. Forerunner Three. Okay, we're going to do probably a comparison as well, and we put some things up on our show notes, which is also available on the All Things Techie website, allthingstech.ie. Right, uh, Vodafone, Simon, finally decides, like, as a mobile carrier in Ireland, that it will actually <laughs> release the hold on your amount of data being used. And you know what? Like, we brought this up, like, at the beginning of COVID-19, saying, why? have any mobile phone company got any limitations at the moment with regards to like compared to some of the other ones here in Ireland they they more or less at the beginning of it immediately released the limits mm. and so it, it just seems a little bit like oh now we better our competitors are doing well we better kind of join suit versus kind of like actually leading from the front being well we're one of the biggest operators in Ireland why aren't we kind of leading off? Because as you say, pe- people are stuck at home. Now they are, of course, starting to get out a bit more, but still back then is when they needed it. I love to have a stat, and I think we have to try and do a poll or something, um, or put up on a Twitter poll, even on our All Things Techie Twitter page as well. Uh, or a, our hashtag there. Actually, we better give out our hashtags. Uh, Simon's using it at the bottom of his Zoom uh, meeting at Simon Lang AV just to remind him because he always forgets what his Twitter handle is um, at Justin or Dawson is mine and you can get the All Things Techie podcast handle as AV Tech Junkies um, but I would love to put out a poll and just say how many people are actually still doing just normal voice calls on a mobile phone versus the virtual calls and I don't just mean businesses I mean, like, in general, you know, people are locked down. Would you rather, like, you're calling your family most of the time, Simon, and is it a voice call or is it a video call? You have your mum and dad. Okay, you've got you, you got them the Facebook, por- well, your brother got them the Facebook portal uh, for as a present, so he can commute, communicate while he's over in America. Um do they understand it like do, do they are they come i know before COVID 19 you set it up but my th- I, I i and i know we talked off mic about getting uh my mother-in-law or father-in-law one of these devices and then i looked at it and said eh, it's not really something that you can send them in the post and say there you go go set it up no like like there's a little bit of setting up involved and stuff like that and yeah so from our, my point of view yes there's still nearly all video calls but then, like, if I'm just having a conversation with my mom, it's normal phone call. Or, But I often find, I actually find there's a lot more people ringing me on WhatsApp audio. Okay. Yeah. And stuff like that. People are using their data because they've so used, most people have a lot of data. So they, or if they're at home, they're on Wi Fi, so they don't care. So it's basically making a free phone call then from that perspective. So, yeah, I'm starting to see a lot more kind of that kind of that kind of calling like even from a work perspective like i i am um, have a company phone but 99 percent of all our calls are on teams 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and, and and back at your computer doing it. Yeah. You know, or you know. I actually use Teams through my phone as well. Actually, quite Would a lot. Yeah. yeah. It depends what I'm doing at that moment. Like, so I I pick and choose whichever, but I'm still using Team. I'm still using it's virtual. Right. Versus okay. Use traditional telephone calls. Well, we we talked about Zoom. We talked about Teams. Now, you use Zoom. Teams. That's a new product. Zeems. You use Teams <laughs> as um, as part of uh, working with CT. I I haven't played around with Teams, but I just find that everything I've used bar Zoom has had lags in it. It will lag whether it be Skype, whether it be WhatsApp, with a couple of people on as a video. The one thing that has being flawless for me and never had any problem. And we're using it right now. I, we won't lie on it. Is is Zoom? Zoom just Zoom seems to be up there as the the best one on the market. Where most people are kind of going from a point of view of it's just the quality, the video. The thing that got them the publicity was the gallery view. Mm. I think, and I think that's where it ramped up. It's 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 popularity. I guess uh, from a technology point of view, it just works. And then there's like. Google Meet joined the gallery, had their own gallery view only recently, about four weeks ago, they announced that. And so they're I'm surprised that. Zoom didn't pattern the idea of the gallery view, you know. And, you know, do you know what? People are complaining all the time about, oh, I hate Zoom or whatever. But the whole thing, and it's been written about a couple of times in different articles. Again, we'll stick them up on the show notes about Zoom fatigue. And it's not just Zoom fatigue, it's virtual meeting fatigue. I sat in a couple of meetings for work during the week. And I'm sure you're the same, Simon. You sit in a meeting, right? You can't look down or switch off. You're looking at a screen, which is already bad for the eyes. And an hour of sitting, talking this way, even us talking on this podcast for an hour looking this way, it's tiring on the eyes. It, it, yeah. you know, and you know, apart from talking about topics that we love to talk about, you're mentally drained after an hour of, of, of talking like this. But on that basis, you know, people have been complaining about the fact of this whole uh, virtual screen of um, of several boxes in a row like there's a i'm I'll, I'll, again i'll stick up the parody on on the uh i i have it on my mobile phone i have to remind myself of the story here hold on a minute and uh, this is me looking down guys at my mobile phone and um well you're looking up so so for example for some meetings what i do to try and get around that fatigue is i often i'm not attending by camera i'm only listening by audio so i use my work i use my phone with my headphones in so i'm not actually you can sit back and kind of relax a little bit and look around the room and you're not looking at the tv or your tv at your computer screen so sometimes if you've i find if i have a day where i'm call after call after call after call there it is nice just to kind of give you give a break that you're you can actually not be looking at the computer screen where I do get it, like we're on a video call, so we're looking at each other. But I find even a lot, a lot of, a lot of the people attend the calls I'm on, over fifty percent don't have their cameras turned on. Peeve absolutely grinds my gears. It's like, especially if they're businesses and you know that they're using a laptop that has a webcam, 
I do not understand why they will not share their webcam. Like, okay, we're all in this together. It's COVID-19. I think I mentioned this in, in, in another podcast recently. Um, it's COVID-19. Hmm. A dog can walk in. Into, I've been on uh, training uh, conferences in the past two weeks or so. Actually, I have a feeling that one of the Zoom founders calls had his dog wanting to be let or one one of the main uh directors of zoom he was talking about zoom and upgrades to the product and he said sorry i can't continue at the moment it actually was during the rave um rave av uh did a couple of shows and one of the zoom uh directors his dog was in the background and crying to be let out to go to the toilet you know this is the norm we are working from home we are working remotely breaking news like my child could start crying while we're recording at the moment we're working from home i don't understand why people won't Hmm. they have their microphones muted why they won't share their webcam i don't get it and other times i understand it's like bad internet connections and like there is all those kind of tips of like that's the first thing to go but but not everyone is nuts like nowadays most people have broadband in their house yeah you know so so it's like so this is where zoom i think is quite good because zoom just is a bit like youtube it starts reducing the quality Exactly. you can still continue on with your call i have to read this party it's from angie maxwell uh one she says found the kid playing with her dog instead of zooming with her teacher and she told me not to worry she looked at a screenshot of herself paying attention then cut the video and replaced it with the picture it's a gallery view of 20 kids mom they can't tell she is 10 yes but like you know what i joke i I joked with my sister uh who is a principal it's like i wonder has is any of the kids in her class doing similar while she's doing her maths lessons um via zoom or whatever the case may be (laughs) but it's you know like if they they did kill the third party applications on zoom recently where you can't use um virtual software but there is ways and means of getting around it and i was always thinking well i could just always record myself looking like i'm paying attention and just join the meeting and just press record and go over and make myself a cup of tea and just have that on loop or you know working working in the background have you ever thought of doing that yourself simon no no you're too old no, yeah, that's me. I'd more than likely end up stick the headphones in with the phone, mute it, and walk down the stairs, make the tea, and be still listening. Where and that regularly happens. You hear, you hear. I actually hear it on calls. There's person you can hear them down stirring the stirring the cup and all like that while not muting themselves. But so it's it's that's just. But that's I think that's COVID nineteen part of life. Yeah, it is. You know, um, you know, like I've I've heard different people saying. And asking the questions, I think Gary Kay actually asked um, the Zoom founder the question: Will there ever be a virtual meeting software made where the cameras on all the time? The employees like supposed to be working just, and then they can just join the meeting at a higher quality, high definition, like it be low bit rate when they're just working away until they're brought into a call. And I think that's a bit big brother like. 
But you know what? In Zoom, if you have an account and you have the desktop app running, you can see if someone's in a call or not. Mm. Just like you have the green and the red buttons in Google Chat, Google Meets, whatever. Teams is the same. So Teams, you know, straight away. And you can actually, the one I thought was quite interesting in Teams, you can see someone's on a call and you can actually also see if they're presenting. Oh, right. So it actually comes up as, it says presenting. Okay. Yeah. When you hover over them, it's like, whoa, because I say I didn't use Teams until three weeks ago. So it's all new to me. So it's actually, I'm still trying to explore it and work it out. And Teams has virtual backgrounds as well. Yeah, well, I, 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 you know, we can't knock the fact that Zoom had these ideas first. No. And, um, but do you find, Simon, so, mean, we're going, going back to like the fact of old people using virtual meetings and software. Had, had your parents not been set up with this device, the Facebook portal by you, do you think they would be uh, able to do these virtual calls? Yeah, I think they were using, um, I think I think Messenger, Facebook Messenger is probably the one that most older people are seem to be au fait with. But then I would know other groups where they've we used to meet physically, yeah. church groups and stuff like that. And a lot of the people, there hasn't been any church group meetings since since the lockdown because none of them are comfortable enough with Zoom or or Skype or any of them to, to be able to do it. And, and I think that's the sad part. So I think most of those have been kind of reduced to WhatsApp chat groups. Yes, yeah. But, you know, and talking instead of, of... WhatsApp has now increased from four, a four grade, so yourself and three other people, to an eight grade. And I'm thinking, how does that work? Is that, I haven't, I haven't tried it because I haven't yet. No. Apparently eight people can now join a WhatsApp video call. So are they going to start doing it like the person who's talking will be seen on screen? Who knows? That's, I, That's I like think, the spotlighting in Zoom and stuff like that. Yes. Where you can yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but I, mu- I must actually just get eight people together and actually try it and see how it actually works. But when you think about the technology behind WhatsApp, is, is probably the same technology they have behind Facebook Messenger since they're both Facebook companies. Yes, exactly. Now, and Facebook have come out with, and I better get the name of this correct, Facebook launched uh, virtual meetings and it is called, I have to remind myself, Facebook answers to Messenger Zoom. Rooms. Messenger Rooms, yes, yeah. <laughs> we could have guessed that name, Messenger Rooms. Have you played around with Messenger Rooms yet? I haven't. No, like in the sense of, I suppose, that in one way, that's probably what the portal is doing. Mm. It's, it's playing on because it, it, you're calling over Messenger. And most of our calls is four people. I've never gone on beat more than four people. So I'd be curious to see what a, a Messenger room is in 50 terms people. of 50, 50 people, people okay. to drop in whenever they like. It is doubling the capacity of video calls on WhatsApp from four to eight, adding video calls to Facebook dating if you want to go to online dating during COVID-19. And There's adding, Facebook dating? Apparently so. And adding a new live streaming features to both Facebook and Instagram. I think my actual worry of these type of Facebook messenger rooms and stuff, it's if someone accidentally presses the the button to 
go live and they're talking about things personally and it's shared with a much, 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 much wider audience. Um, and do you know what Facebook has had its problems with sec security and um, content that they have, that shouldn't have? I don't know. I, 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 I take it with... But do you know, do you know, like in one way, do you remember, like if you think about it, maybe 10 years ago, normal, I'm going to call it PBX, telephoning was the mm. standard. Then conference calls came in by normal audio conference calls came in. Then video conference calls came in where multiple people could video call. Then your WhatsApping came in. You could have a WhatsApp group came in. You could have a messenger group. Then you could have video groups. And you know, is this really just the next thing in terms of communication for us? That, yeah. okay, it's now video groups. Mm. So what's the next thing? Holographic parties? Oh, do you know what? We're not going to say Simon because I I refuse. Like I'm I'm like Joe Way with AB as a service must die, and then he's getting to accept it. But I refuse to accept virtual reality and wearing headsets. We're not going to be wearing things over our eyes. It's it's a myth, guys. We're never going to no. start joining conferences. I I, I agree. I think it's uh, I, I'm nearly thinking it's going to be nearly like holograms in the sense of you're either going to have an actual pad. Mm. Or it's going to be that the person is by visual in front of you without you having to wear glasses. Because yeah. I think TVs are going to eventually go that way where you can't, you, you can watch 3D movies without having to wear 3D glasses. That there's going to be something built into the TVs. Well, you you sent me a great video as, as you were working as part of CT and it was actually research for work as well. And um, some of the music videos that you've been showing me, Simon, is Outstanding. Like I, I know I, I have an interest in, in that type of end from the broadcasting master's degree and stuff like that when I've been at ISE and seeing how uh, actual TV studios are set up. But like, especially like the likes of Dancing with the Stars, Dancing on Ice, stuff that I know that mm. your company now does a lot of with the lights and stuff, even, even the road shows that CT has had in the RDS has, has shown the sound and the lighting. But, you know, like how they can actually project on the floors, how they can make it a whole immersive experience, 360. But you, you send me a video, and I'm going to actually like overlay it in, in this podcast mm. afterwards. That was the oh. Casey Perry one, Daisy's, oh for she God. did for American Amazing. Idol. Yeah. Like that, and, and that's it. And do you know, actually, this is the bit of techie that most people love, if you're really into tech, is you see something, and then you just get talking with your buddies, and you're trying to work out how it worked, how they did it. And, and that's really spent yeah. the whole day. And it's like I have so much work to do while I have. And and that's part, but that's how we I think techie grows. It's like yeah. I've seen something. How do I do that myself? Or and maybe it's a bit like someone did Zoom. Someone mm. went then someone in Google went, How is Zoom doing that? Oh, Google says we better do something like that. Oh, team says we better do something. And that, and that's really how people how companies and people grow and ideas grow and but do you know what, Simon, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm actually, yeah, I am going to say it on the show because, you know, this is just me. We, well, I used WebEx way back when, as did you. I think WebEx has fallen down the chain of what people are using big time. Yeah. You know? I, I actually saw an article on it just yesterday to do with some of the hospitals in 
Dublin. Mm. Not Dublin, Galway. Galway, WebEx have made a big push in one of the university hospitals, I think, in Galway, for about connecting relatives that were stuck in stuck indoors, stuck in hospitals, too, and connecting. It's just like it's too clunky. Well, what I yeah. I use WebEx. I remember being clunky and the controls. You know, it 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 has improved. It's it's still not Zoom slick. Mm. It's still I still think it's an enterprise platform. Yeah. Um, house party. I'm glad I can say I've never used house party. The app for virtual hangouts with friends on Facebook has previously closed to abandon the project last year. Uh, I don't even know house party was uh, owned by Facebook, is it? Uh, I didn't even know anything about house. I did hear about like virtual pubs doing some kind of virtual pubbing, but I don't know if that's all through um, Zoom or something like that. But I've never heard heard of heard of this one there was a pub in dublin doing something recently um, during the pandemic it was like they were having um pub nights and there was this application they were using for people where they had guests guest um bands on and everything as, as you can do when when you're doing zoom meetings like this mm. but or virtual meetings but the other one that's fallen down the list, which is a Google product, is Google Duo. Do you know anyone that's using Google Duo? I have it on my phone, and you look through it, and you see all the people that have it, but I don't know anyone that uses it. Has anyone ever called you on Google Duo? No. No. We haven't even called each other. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, and uh, we were talked to earlier on about the bromance, but we have never used it. You know, I know it, it, it came out, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll download. I think WhatsApp is... You know, it's encrypted. People send messages. It's much, much, much po more popular than doing a normal text message. I, I can't remember when the last time I actually sent a normal no. text message. The only time I get text messages now is when you're doing these authentication stuff. That's like, oh, your bank sends you a pin code or something like that. Most of them. Was it? Was it? Are you really Simon Lang? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of. But yeah, I actually I think WhatsApp has really helped excel the older generation if we want to go back to your original conversation original thing in this i've like seen so many whatsapp groups just emerge of people who are who who would um be isolated and again it goes back to your the question of can old people understand this and you're talking about whatsapp and there is a button just to press and they can do a video call and you know what, it, it links in perfectly with the fact that people actually think that, and not just old people, I know people of our age that think WhatsApp is just SMS, mm. but it's not, you know, and like literally like have it as messages and just think that SMS and WhatsApp are the same thing. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, Zoom gets a bashing because Zoom just grew up grew in size during COVID-19 but like some absolutely crazy stories that come out and then you go it could happen on any platform first of all a son kills his father during a zoom chat and um, son kills father during zoom video chat in a new york state uh, a 72 year old man has been stabbed to death by a son in new york state during the zoom Video chat with 20 other participants, police say. Dwight Powers was attacked by his 32 year old son, uh, who was then jumped out of a window and fled in Long Island's Amityville village. And you say, What? This was a Zoom call? What? 
But, you know, we've heard of Facebook Live. I think the point is, if the technology is there, there is always going to be some people that will abuse it. It doesn't matter if you're Zoom, if you're Skype, if you're Facebook Live, if you're Google Live. You know, people are saying, oh, this should be cut down instantly. How? Yeah. (laughs) It's not like someone sitting there, like if you're in a live studio TV environment where you often are running maybe five to ten seconds behind the actual live broadcast. And they press you have you have a big big you have a big button on the console, you smack it and that's it. And I've had to press it as a a sound technician with national radio stations way back when in my twenties. I did smack that dump button. And much to the uh, producer's bemusement, it's like, uh, well, no, that cannot go out on air. You know, sack me. Yeah. So, so it, it, it like it's um, when it's all personal. How can someone be sitting watching everyone? Now, like, unless you want someone like the NSA sitting there watching all your Zoom calls. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like, it goes back to like the that Simpsons movie. The Simpsons movie. We finally found a future. <laughs> Woohoo! The system works. Yeah, that you know that scene which, in the Simpsons. Which is actually kind of funny because you're talking about the guy who stabbed. Stabbed the, the the parent live on on Zoom, yes. and then the next thing we have on our list is talking about the person sentenced. Yeah, the death by Zoom, where courts have been using Zoom to can keep the court system going, so they're not going to be backed up. In Singapore, the, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I I while while I was writing this the t- show topics, I was thinking to myself, I wonder did they also use the chat function? It's like yes. Guilty, as in guilty, just in case you can't hear me on the Zoom call. He is guilty. He is sentenced to death. Watch this, so he can live. No, he is sentenced to death. You know, how many times do they have to say it as a, an approval, I wonder? And um, Pundanam Genason, 37, 37, received a sentence on Friday for his role in a drug deal that took place in 2011. Uh, human rights groups argue that pursuing a, the death penalty at the time when the world was being gripped by a pandemic was uh, uh, was wrong. <laughs> I, I can't pronounce that word. Uh, the vast majority of uh, court hearings in Singapore has been adjourned until at least the 1st of June when the city's current lockdown period is due to end. Surely he's not going to be sentenced to death before June the 1st, I would imagine. I, I, I wonder why they couldn't just wait off and do, when you're sentencing someone to death, how they couldn't wait off till the 1st of June. But there you go. There, there is where, and again, once more, it could be anyone's virtual meeting software. So here's the, so here's an interesting sum. This is an article that the, the Irish courts just sash on the 20th of April. So we're a month, that's a month ago. So they were they were um, locked down. So on the 20th of April, courts opened again in Ireland and the uh, Supreme Court and um, various other courts. Um, and they're using PEXIP oh, as their video virtual meeting rooms in DAS. Cause, so then basically any, anyone can join on using any platform yes. to it. So they're not, they're not forcing anyone to use a particular one. And then they also have a live video link ups to the prisons. So the prisoners aren't even being transported to a court. But so surely this, this software has already been there even before COVID-19 because you will have 
people that are in vulnerable situations that have to report back to the the courtrooms I'm, I'm i presume so but maybe it sounds like it was more on a case by need versus by default that yeah. it was there all the time so this is an article from the courts.ie it's an article i just happened to google it while we're talking here and it it lists the um the basically the different platform but this is the main one they use is pexip which is p-e-x-i-p yeah i've seen that at ise yeah it's pexip is like the blue jeans as well um approach that any platform can link in and and connect together. yeah yeah so uh, that's interesting so that's what i hear they're using here in ireland interesting Core yeah system which it brings us on to the next topic is like how do we turn go back to normal like, you know uh, and i mean at work will we ever go back to the normal five day weeks i'm i don't know i it was quite interesting because um i think there was another article you linked me to talking about facebook and twitter and um new zealand and new zealand is going to a four-day week mm -hmm. and stuff like that for going back but here in ireland yes i I think people are dying to get back to work, but um, trying to keep two meters apart in, a, say, an open plan office environment is going to be really hard to do and keep that distance for, I don't know, at least going to be till Christmas or plus. It could be even There's to mid so next many year. factors that, that come into place beforehand. And I know this is a program or a podcast that talks technology, but before we even set foot on transport, our schools, our creches, I, I, I shared with you during the week off of Mike, uh, what my, my creche is doing. There's so many factors that hold employees from going back to work at a normal routine. And this is where, you know, we are going to be in the long haul for these type of mm. virtual meetings, I believe. Now, but even you think about um, like a Dublin bus here normally takes about 60 odd people. I think it's down to about 20 in mm -hmm. the current restrictions. So they can't even transport the same numbers of people into work. So, but I, I actually don't think I'm going to be working in an office at least until next year. And I, do you know what? I think I believe I, I will be similar. You know, there's some things that I might need to collect on campus, but you know, and it brings us on to the fact that. Um, Cambridge is going to go fully online uh, for a whole year. And unfortunately, I, I sent you the link to the Financial Times and I don't have a subscription to the Financial Times, but <laughs> it's, it's, for, it's for the whole year. So, you know, hmm. it's people, it's, it's a live or die attitude between small businesses, medium-sized businesses, higher education, we're all having to adapt it to this technology world. But do you think when maybe even for large businesses, this might be a chance for them to to reduce their footprint in terms of buildings that they need, that they're paying millions for rent for, yeah. where you can have 50% to 70% of your workforce at home. And the only time they ever visit the building is when they have important meetings that they need to meet in person. Um, and that your workforce is going to be nearly a virtual workforce. Well, even if people are thinking that they're, that this COVID-19 might disappear and come to 
the reducing the or number as we keep on hearing it might come back it might not people might contract it and then be okay the second time around they might not putting all this temporary perspects around the place social distancing at two meters allowing some people to go back to work on certain days versus it's costing employees employers rather very little to no money to turn around to their employers and say if when possible work from home hmm. you know it's it's the employees internet some uh, nine times out of ten i would imagine it's the employees equipment and unless they've been provided with um laptops and but they usually nine to, i'd say nine times out of ten employees using their own internet connection to to connect yeah and i think people who would have been working for companies that were before all this hit worked from home would have probably had their company pay for their internet but i as you say i reckon most people are using their own personal internet and most people are probably still not even going to run over their limits because most broadband people companies most broadband companies don't have limits yeah, they say they do, but they don't. Yeah, yeah it, so I think it's it's never we're never going to really run that. But I agree. I think it's going to be a lot more people working from home, people using little using laptops are going to be home offices and stuff like that has become part of normal in everyone's homes. Do we actually see the AV industry? Well, it's definitely changing, and the Avixa reports show a, a globally how it's changing. It's just the death of live events as we know it, do you think, Simon? You know, both, like, we worked in a financial firm where we were doing breakfast, lunchtime, and evening events nearly on the same day. Do you think that's going to ever return to normal? Or is it, is it going to be all over live stream webinars and maybe have a technician at the back of the room or in a, in a control booth that, or even a control booth doing a pan tilt zoom to cameras, IP cameras remotely from the comfort of their home. You know, we're talking about our radio stations here in Ireland are being broadcast mostly from people's houses. Um, TV shows are being broadcast from people's houses. Yeah. Is this a new norm? Is this going to just continue on for another, until they find a cure? I think it is. But then I still think people are, this expectation is going to go back to the way it was in January mm. or December when the cure and everything is found. But I don't think it's ever going to go back that way. I think this is just, an, it's just the next thing we're going to be doing. It's going to be a new way of working. It's going, we're going to have to work out what way is best working. Maybe we're going to be working on split shifts that we're, we're work, we work in the office every Tuesday, Thursday. Mm. And then the following week, it's every Wednesday. It's when it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or for a whole month, I'm working from home. For a whole month, I'm in the office. Or do you know? Like I think these things are all going to be just new ways we're going to have to work out how to work. For some people, I still think it's the big issue is childcare. Yeah. Is the yeah. thing is for people to be able to work like normal, they need their kids to be minded. So, where you have two parents working, um. I, they need someone to be able to look after their kids. So I, I guess why they're, they're, some people need to get childcare up and going again. Mm. But I, I still, because people, pe- 
or less companies are going to have to work out well really we're paying you for 100 percent time but really on average we're only going to get you 75 percent of your time because you've kids to be looking after as well but it, definitely one thing that has to have changed throughout this all is i don't think there's some there was an article i read i i'll have to try and find it and put it up on the show notes as well it's like is this the death of the manager as we know it uh, because everyone's managing their own time in a different context. And I said, no, I think we still need a leader and we still need a manager to manage things. Mm. But it's the death of the micromanager. You know, no one can be micromanaged in in this type of environment. You know, because, you know, yeah. no, no one's going to stick up with it for being micromanaged in this type of environment. You know, the the world has changed. And you can't go around to everyone's house and check, are you on, like, that goes back to your comment about the Zoom camera on all the time, mm. that you have it on the person and it proves they're sitting in front of their laptop working. Yeah. Like, you just can't do that. It's just not feasible. Because no. then they're not working because they're sitting there watching their whole team working. Let's move away from COVID-19 because I think a lot of our listeners are sick of hearing about COVID-19 and technology. And talk about some World record speeds. Australia records the highest internet speed. We were talking about this before we started the show. How is the question? I, and I, I, as I click the link to try and open up the story, it comes from BBC News. Australia records the fastest internet speeds ever at a speed of 44.2 terabits per second. That's 44.2 terabits per second. Uh, to just give you a comparison, I probably have about maybe 60 or 70 meg megabytes. This is terabytes per second. Why do you need this speed? At this speed, users could download more than a thousand high definition movies in less than a second. According to Ofcom, the average UK broadband speed is currently around 64 megs per second, a fraction of what that record beating speed is. Um, researchers said they achieved a new record speed by using a device that replaces around 80 lasers found in some existing telecom hardware with a single piece of equipment known as a microcomb. The microcomb was planted into and tested outside the laboratory using existing infrastructure similar to that used by Australia's national broadband network. I'm just trying to look at look. I'm looking at the ma the maths here, or not maths. Yeah. So a megabyte is oh, I'm going to say ten to the power of six, and a terabit is ten to the power of twelve. So it's basically double. Yeah, and then yeah, and then you multiply that again by forty-four. It is, you know, like it. it yeah. You know, like when you can have that much speed, as as simply as simple as a click will take you a second and have everything downloaded when you click on it, done. Uh, you know, <laughs> it brings a whole t total different meaning of like double clicking on something because you wouldn't want two, two full movies of a, a couple of gigabytes on your drive. You know, it's not working. I'm clicking on the link. It's not working yet. Check your downloads folder. You have the video downloaded 50 times. And you have to click on the 50 times. And I suppose it's, it's a bit like um, 
when we if you move on like 4k videos are going to become standard We're talking about 8k videos already so they're they're running into the gigabytes already anyway to download so yeah here another way to describe it is a terabit is a thousand gigabytes yes so and with we're talking about our normal broadband speed being megabytes, not even a gig. We'd be lucky if we get a gig uh, internet speeds here in, at home. Yeah. At home in Ireland. Yeah. So now, having said that, like I, I, I had such excitement. Okay, we're talking about the COVID. I'm going to talk about COVID nineteen again. I'm sorry, listeners, but the COVID nineteen excitement at home for me is watching bands going up and down the street, especially if they're delivery bands. I go, oh my God, are they delivering something to me? Are they delivering something to me? Did I order anything? Are, this, this is my sad life as we're locked. I actually thought that was just us. Uh, yeah. we, were, we do the same. Yeah, so it's not just me. Thank God for that. But the other day, a band pulled up and out they were pulling wire underneath the streets. And I'm like, what are they pulling wire for? And Jen, my wife, turned around and said, why don't you just go out and ask them, you nosy parker? And then I found out that they are improving the broadband in the area. So will I get faster speeds? I'm not going to get Australia's lightning speeds, no. But will I get faster speeds? Hopefully. But like, our, my top speed is about 50 to, 50 to 60 megs. Having 44 terabytes of speed is just lunatic it's crazy and um, netflix is charging for dead accounts this is this is bizarre i like I, I read this headline simon and then i thought to myself how do people get charged for dead accounts this i don't blame netflix it, on this yeah i don't i really don't you know if you are stupid enough to leave a renewing account live Mm. And on, on your direct debits, it's your fault. Simple as. The streaming giant says hundreds of thousands of users fall into that inactive category and and, and will now start suspending them. It said they the move would uh, would save forgetful customers money. Well, that's the key words. Forgetful customers. You didn't cancel the subscription. It is your fault. And I think they're probably just, it, it's probably a good citizenship kind of thing from Netflix to be seen to be doing this versus kind of going, well, it's not my fault you didn't cancel it. So I'm a money grabbing company that's going to keep taking your money because you just don't want care about it. So, and again, sorry, I'll mention those words again. It's probably because of COVID 19, they're realizing that people don't have money and they want to do a nice thing. Yeah, that kind of bit. But I still think. Yeah, there's a little bit of you. You pay for it. You should you should be aware you're paying for it. Are they only doing this because Disney Plus has come on the scene and they're thinking we might want to do one nice thing over our competitors that are probably charging the same amount of money and we have to be looked at the good company. Because in hey. the yeah, because in the page you sent, we were looking at that article. It's actually quite just the facts right in the middle of it. it says Netflix added 16 million signups during the lockdown, and yes. Disney Plus racked up 50 million. Have you played with now? Have you have a young child at home as well? Did you bother downloading the trial of Disney Plus? No, no. no. I, I was saving no. it for for a rainy day because um, we got a now TV kids yeah. one instead okay and again I, I once more i i have complained in my last uh podcast episodes that 
strangely enough, when this house was built, they never actually put in a TV aerial into the house. So I can't even get Serview in my house. So I do everything over Vodafone TV and broadband and, and so forth. Um, I could get a Sky satellite. I think it's a lunatic to get a satellite dish in today's um, society where everything should be coming over by broadband anyways. And I can get now TV as well uh, if I wanted to through, through the internet connectivity. So, you know, it's, it's I, I think if anything, I would probably go down the route of getting a now uh, subscription at some stage because I think best on offer. Yeah, and that's what we we pick and choose. And if we want it, if we want um, a movie package, we get a movie package. If we don't, we just stick with the entertainment one and stuff like that. And it just seems to work fine. And like the kids one is kind of cool and it's quite cheap at the moment. So, but we'll I'm see. I'm still surprised how Sky haven't gone down the route of you do not need a satellite dish. We will give you all the channels and over their broadband. But then the thing is, the broad when you go Sky your broadband isn't actually over your dish, over the dish. It's through the phone line. Yes. And so it's still kind of weird, you know, like, yeah. it, why don't, yeah, I, but I say the same thing about, um, so we're Virgin Media for our internet. Mm, I why, love to be able to get Virgin, yeah. If, why does Virgin Media not offer a TV over the internet package? No, you have to buy the TV package and then you can get the TV over the internet. It's like, there's people like who, if you kind of go, well, I'd be willing to pay an extra X to get all the same TV stuff on the app. Yes. Yeah. But, but do you know what? I If if we're going to go down the GDPR route, and it's a, a topic and it's a conversation for a different show, right? The amount of people and employees are, who are using their own hardware to remote work and have not been given devices by their employers. So who is responsible if they their computer is not up to security specifications that they would have in their workplace and connections and firewalls in their workplace and they get hacked? Is it the employee's responsibility or is it the employer's? I'm not a legal expert, I don't know. If there's a legal expert that wants to come on the podcast and explain who is at fault there, be my guest. Come on along and, and talk. But most of the time, I think it's also reputational damage. Yes. It's, it's probably a bigger thing than actual just, um, oh, there was an actual breach because I was using a personal computer for sending stuff on. And it's, or let's say people working remotely and they're in a coffee shop and they are using their personal device and they haven't got a lockdown or someone hacks in while they're when we eventually open up coffee shops or or so forth or even don't actually let's let's even go with using their own personal mobile phone to look at their emails and somehow or that they leave their mobile phone yeah or lose their mobile phone while walking along on their two kilometer distance walk with their kids or something or their kid or their kids take their mobile phone and do something stupid and leaves it take open. a take a silly selfie and send it to the whole firm yeah not that <laughs> not that you're talking from experience or no but you know but like yeah, yeah. Th- those yeah. are the stupid things and there's like all the training and stuff that's like like 
um, different companies do on on ensuring like their phone is remote wipeable, their computers are remote wipeable, that you can only log Another in. Another poll, Simon, that that is really worthwhile doing for during before our next episode of All Things Tech. How many employees? And it'd be anonymous poll. How many employees let their children use their work laptop because they're trying to download either school school classroom plans or whatever, and they don't have a personal device at home otherwise, or this is their personal device that they're using for work, but they're also using it for school. For school, and that that could be the data breach right there. And there's lots of people also who just nowadays don't even have computers at home because they've only mobile phones or tablets. Mm. Yeah. And stuff. So they have to, if they want to do schoolwork, they have to use their work laptop or or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. Or I'd I'd say any IT department that would like to admit when things go back to normal, or they probably are getting these calls already, uh, that tech support of uh, my computer is, work computer isn't working. What went wrong? Oh well, my son or daughter downloaded something that they thought was a school document and it was a virus. Mm. I say that's going to happen much, much more, and that's where the cases of GDPR could ramp up if if things are pushed. This is only a starting point, I think, going after the big giants of Twitter and and so forth. If they're going down this route, the smaller cases are going to be like my crystal ball thought on that. Mm. That's a weird way to end the the show of episode 26 of the All Things Techie podcast. Simon, we're really looking forward to hearing uh, about different things that you're going to be working on along the season. Actually, before we go, we should have to mention the fact that you know conferences we we talked about has working uh, change. The one great thing about this working remotely and everything, yeah, conferences are great for networking. But so many AV conferences have been opened up free of charge, including training and everything. Mm-hmm. I guess you've had more time to actually do more training now that. Yeah, yeah like I've I've attended a, a couple of training courses and learned about new products and even just to spend time learning the before where you kind of ring you'd read the data note the maybe the reports after a, a webinar or product release now you can actually watch it and stuff like that and yeah like it's great and because there's even like a VIXA training was opened up there to all levels of membership their CEDA training has been was opened there as well uh, then you and I both did a course recently that you you said that it really interests you, which was the QSIS. Uh, yeah, the QSIS stuff is is really interesting, and it's a different way of working. That, um, it's I wouldn't say it's an equal to Crestron, mm. but it's a definitely a big player in that field of how easily some things can be done and um, the future of maybe I don't have to be a Crestron master or a cre- of a level to be able to set up 
a decent enough room. But I understand the still a need. Changes, changes. Yeah. yeah. I still think you need the question of a name for reliability and great products. So don't get me wrong. That I'm still a major fan of their stuff. But I still think this is quite an interesting other player in the market. I know Biamp are trying to get into this field a bit more, and a few of the others. Um, AMX. I don't. I think AMX are just not there at all at the moment. They're not. They're not. They are. They're trying to push, but they're not. They're, they're just not the Harman Group. I think it's become nearly so big. Yes, yeah. With, um, yeah, I, I agree with what you're, what you're saying there. Um, but the nice thing on a higher end of things is Extron has still got the courses opened up. Kramer had the courses. I just, it irritates me that Crestron have what I consider, and I've said it before, a closed shop on, on, on allowing AV technicians to be able to it takes so long to try and get onto their courses. That's my personal mm. um, impression. Now, maybe it's because I work in higher ed. I don't know, but I just find it's very hard to get onto the right courses if you want to learn the right materials. Yeah. I actually even found I struggle to find where to look. Sometimes there's nearly yeah. too many. Sub it's a bit like going to ISE and you're walking in the door and all you're hitting for your hit with you go into one hall and you're hit with like 50 brands Yes. in one go and you're going, no, come to my stand, no, come to my stand, no, I come to stand. And I think it's a little bit like that with training at the moment too. It's like, come to my course, come to my webinar. I well, could fill a whole day every day attending training courses. But the and problem that, and is, I'm the same. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of these webinars that you attend, it's 20% learning about something that you didn't know the rest is a sales driven product driven push about if you buy this product you can learn more about how to do x y and z to say no i just wanted that 20 minutes at the start um and yeah okay the, the, they have to still sell products i understand that mm. but yes i agree you could actually fill the whole day doing or I find is I actually spend most of my afternoons with training because a lot of them are driven from the US time mm. zone. Yes. So I find I'm jumping on calls from kind of two o'clock onwards to trying to have two o'clock to half five, which then you're kind of going, well, I have to be up for calls in the morning so I can't start late. The best words after attending a meeting, this meeting is recorded and we'll send you the details. Great. You know, I have to go now. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is the reality. But you know, it's it's because of the time zone difference here in Ireland, and um, for for a lot of the the webinars. Are you going to join in with IC twenty twenty? That's going to be virtual. The Infocom twenty twenty. Yeah, I've, I signed up for that, and um, just to see, I was like looking through the program and seeing what's on it and stuff like that. So there's a few good things that. I'm not going to attend all of it, of course. Of course, sure, yeah. But there, there is again with. And that's the pick and choose. the nice feeling of being able to pick and choose, knowing that you haven't made a flight to the other side uh, from Ireland to America. Yes, networking and everything would be fantastic. Don't get me wrong; I still want to do a, a physical infocom when things the dust settles. Listeners, as do I want to do an ISC in in Barcelona when when everything's moved, but. The fact of the matter is that you're able to virtually pick and choose. It's not costing you mm. any money to attend any of these. So why not sign up? Because I'd be also interested because for, for that Infocom, like they've only really released the training tracks. Mm. 
they haven't released any of the manufacturer tracks yet. So, so it'll be interesting to see what's going to come out of that because there's a lot of the big, big people are going to be at that. So it'll be, I don't know when they start announcing, well, we're going to crash when they're going to run these ones or whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, so there could be a, quite a lot in that space. Um, and the AV over IT summit is also gone as a, a virtual environment. Uh, some of some of the stuff looked very cool, like where they were, they they had the photos of the whole of what it would like if it be like if it was virtual. I don't know if they're going to be that type of walking around virtually or just attending the webinars. Even either way, uh, I signed up to it. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one as well. There's so many coming on, and like that, I'm getting emails every day. But Going back to what you were saying that like even walking the stores and it's so much of the same stuff, I'm noticing now a ramp of emails that I get saying, oh, have you tried our new learning management software? There are so many people that's designing new learning management softwares that, you know, to do online blended learning. And I think they're aiming it at the higher ed and the educational mm. market as well to try and... Um, come on board with them you know and look a lot of these universities are signed up for years and years of using the same lms software as a tender so i don't think anyone's going to change that approach and um, but it's it's interesting times ahead to see how courses that haven't been delivered online are going to be delivered online yeah. Because it'd be interesting to go back to have a look to see does came that Cambridge University release any more information about how they're doing their courses. Well, one one I have to say I have loved. I did the X twenty or HBX um, is the website for Harvard Online and how they do their virtual classrooms. I'll put a link up on the show notes. Seen I did a demo of it uh, during two weeks ago unbelievable software and uh, and hardware that goes into play with with how i think they spent i was told they spent five million on the actual setup but you know when you are able to join a class virtually with having students from every corner of the world and those students can see everyone else in the room and i don't mean just a zoom call i mean physically see like a room on the other side of the globe I think that is outstanding. And then the actual lecturer in the room can hear a sound separation of all the students that could be in the room and they did it for 200 plus students. Fantastic piece of software and hardware. I think that that is the future of like lecture. Team. Yeah. And I think some of these, you know, these universities that have been popping up all around the place that are mainly all online universities, now they're ahead of the major universities mm. that were like your Trinities and your UCDs and all those DCUs in Ireland. Um, and they're all of a sudden, like now they're trying to learn from them mm. of how how college classes are going to be. So it is going to be interesting. It, and also interesting for any uh, uh, integrator to try and teach the end user how to use these types of software because a lot of faculty are just used to having a whiteboard and a pen uh, or old acetates or uh, old acetates they still exist they're yeah. still look there's there's still overhead projectors in different ways shapes and forms that are being created and used in higher education 
it's an interesting time and we could talk about that even as a whole show and there's even podcasts uh competitor podcasts that talk about that all the time but we're going to leave it there simon thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the all things techie podcast if you want to get simon you can get him on twitter at simon lang ab uh, you can get me justin dawson at justin or dawson we have a joint Twitter handle called at AV Tech Junkies. We also contribute to the hashtag AV in the AM and you can visit our website for how to subscribe at www.allthingstech.ie. Any interesting things that you're going to be joining next week, Simon, or are you just going to continue on with your training and your new job role? Yeah, that's really it. It's just learning and just listening to people and, uh, maybe pick up some new cool things that I never had had to learn before. So I keep on asking, when do I get the physical swag, Simon? When when are you when are you gonna share some physical swag with me? Whenever I get it first. <laughs> <laughs> the All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E, media.ie.